How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Hi there, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here in your home of sport, 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, as he does every single week, it's my man, Benny Little. Yes. And we play some great songs here, Benny. <laughs> we, we speak some amazing figures in the sport. And tonight, we are very lucky. Come on. We've got our special guest this week. He's debuted in 2006, played with the West Tigers, and then will go on to play 225 games in his 10-year career, also with the Knights, the Sharks, and, of course, my Marty Parramatta Eagles, who also go on to represent Portugal four times in his international career. Um, I actually thought he was uh, Lebanese, but there you go, Portuguese, everyone. And he was one of the toughest players I've ever had the chance to play and lace the boots up with. Producer Thomas throwing that in there. Those aren't my words, but it's hard to disagree. I'm so pleased to say he joins us tonight. My special guest on the Spirit of Sport is former NRL veteran, Isaac de Goyce. Goyce, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Benny, Timmy, how are we, gentlemen? Yeah, doing good. That is the most enthusiastic <laughs> voice I've heard from you. Usually, I get you know we 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 call you up, and it's always yeah, hello, hello, yeah, Tim. That it's um, I like the enthusiasm, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, how you been? How you going? I know you're in lockdown at the moment. Um, how you holding up? Oh, look. Firstly, on my enthusiastic uh, response, it's because you're paying me to do this. So thanks. For that. <laughs> um, secondly, yeah. Uh, yeah, look. It's a bit, it's a bit hard at the moment, lockdown and what's going on. But I'm, um, look, I, I can't complain. There's a lot of people uh, worse off than what, uh, what I'm going through. So it's, uh, just a, a sad situation for the country at the moment. But you know, we're a strong one, and we'll, we'll get better as time goes on. Once we pass this uh, little hiccup we got, mate. I've got three boys, and I'm at home doing the homeschool thing. I heard you got two daughters. Any, any pointers there for how to keep them entertained? Oh look, I'm I'm pretty lucky, Benny. To be honest with you, I've, my, my two girls, as long as I feed them, yeah, they they're, they're pretty happy. They entertain themselves. They're at a good age, nine and five now. So we've got a dog as well. So they they they're out there playing or inside <laughs> watching movies or doing each other's hair. So I just got to feed them, and, and, and my job's done. So, so <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty lucky. Pretty lucky mate. I don't know if you know this, but I chat with Renee recently, and she told me the same the same oh, thing. All she has to do is feed you, and uh, you're all right. So. Yeah. It's very similar advice. Mate, how are you traveling in um, the, the real world now? You've finished retirement. You've retired from your playing career, and now you're, uh, you're doing really well uh, post-career. Can you tell us and our listeners at home a bit about what you're doing now? Yeah, so I'm uh, lucky enough and fortunate enough to work for the Eels. I'm in the Elite Pathways Recruitment and Retention role. So mm. in a nutshell, it's pretty much... I look after all, all our Parramatta juniors uh, at the at the club, so it's it's uh, it's something I really enjoy. Um, you know, working with kids, helping kids progress in their career, uh, you know, building that relationship with, with 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 the parents as well as coaching staff. So it's uh, it, it, it's great, man. I'm really enjoying what, it. What age group are we talking about? Like, what ages are you? So we're, we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah, 14s up, mate. 14s, anywhere that's run the 14s right through to, say, you know, New Jersey flag, which is 19s, uh, 21s, so something. Yeah, anywhere between those, mate. What percentage of those kids uh, would be taller than you? 
I'd say 99.9%. Mate, when you're out there on the field looking for fresh talent and um, p- p- people that could go on to potentially make a career of this, uh, what kind of like playing characteristics are you looking for? Oh, look, it's it's a tough one because, you know, if, you, if you're 15 years old and, you, and you're a gun, it could change when you're 17 and, and vice versa. You, you could be not that great at 15, but, you know, have a growth spurt and, and kill it when you're 17. So yeah, right. it's just about, yeah, with me, it's just about turning up, watching the games, giving a bit of advice to the kids, mingling with the parents, coaching staff, helping out where I can. You know, I get out to junior league training sessions, uh, games, helping coaches, talking to parents, helping kids mainly. So it's it's all about, um, you know, just, just being there and, and, and giving all my experience that I've learned throughout my career from several coaches, players, uh, staff members, and just giving my advice and, and helping out where I can. And so it, it's great, man. I really do enjoy it. Yeah, right. Once they're actually in the system and they're coming up through the ranks, um, what kind of values are you trying to instill in these young guys? Oh, look, look I'm obviously dealing with, with kids who, who still, well, all of them are at school. So it's, I'm big on education. As long as you, you know, you make sure you, you're doing everything right off the field. Yeah. You know, we only get them two, maybe three times a week for two hours. School's got them five days a week for six hours. So it's, you know, education's big going to school, you know, your attendance is big, you know, I, I get teachers ringing me about some kids don't turn up or kids, you you know, I'll go to a Westfield sports game and the, the sports game will come to me and go, mate, three, your kids aren't playing today because one, they've found an exam or two, they haven't been turning up at school. So uh, we're really big on, um, you know, things outside of footy, obviously they're all at school. So it's, it's about getting you, making sure your grades are good, your attendance is good. You're a good person off the field. We're really big on that. So that's that's the characteristics we're after, mate. Yeah, you look at um, some of the best teams in the comp, Roosters, Melbourne, and there's obviously a huge correlation between culture and the kind of plays they have that are good people off the field as well as on the field. Uh, how do you know at 14 years old, like, how do you know if a kid is going to be the kind of character that is going to be good for your culture or negative for your culture? Yeah, you, you don't, mate. You don't. It's just... Like I said, it's about just doing your touch points with them, checking in on them uh, with the parents and just making sure that they're doing all the right things, um, you know, attending school, being a good person, going to training, wanting to learn, wanting to listen, um, wanting to be better as an all-round person, not just footballer. So it's just about giving them all the kind of education we can give them and then obviously letting them make their own decisions because... There are young men and they'll soon be grown men, but it's can't be with them 24-7, mate. So it's just about giving them all the knowledge and education we can possibly give them, feed them all that, and then let them go. And like I said, hopefully they make the right decisions for themselves moving forward and, um, you know, we get good footballers out of them in the end. Any specific stories stand out to you of when a player, you know, did choose those negative things that had the negative consequences or when someone did... Uh, make those hard discipline calls to maybe, you know, that, that not everyone was making, but it's turned out good for them. Anything like that come to mind? Oh, look, recently, there's, there's, I'm not going to name the kid because he's only a minor, but there, there was a kid who went to a school and 
you had under 30% attendance uh, at the school. So, you know, then we got notified of it. We, I spoke to the kid, just asking what was going on. And, and he, he, he was great. He said, it's the crowd I'm hanging around. It's the crowd I'm hanging around that we just, we don't go to school. So we, we reached out to a few of the other schools and he's he since changed schools and, and now has got an over 90, 95% attendance rate. Wow. He hasn't missed a day in four months, awesome. I've been told. So yeah. it's um, just little things like that. And, and But see, the kid made the decision. He, he was he was a big enough man to say, it's because of the crowd they hang around at yeah. school. And that was that's really good. And I'm pleased to say that kid's just just re-signed for a couple more years. He's only he's only 16 years old, but he's re-signed for a couple more years, and I've got high prospects for him. Looking forward to working with him, and um, so just little things like that, mate. So go a long, long way. So I'm hoping, like I said, if he's a good kid, he's he's owned up to it, and he's um he's working hard and good on him. Yeah, that's good. I, I always found that my career that we're pretty fortunate to be in a position we are. We've got a platform, we've got a profile, and we have the ability to get key messages across to kids that they can really buy into. You know, like we used to go to schools and do healthy eating programs and um you know exercise programs Did then, you, you? Oh, well, <laughs> obviously i'm a picture of health um my, my body reflects that um but in your in your position now in the club are you finding that being an ex-player gives you that like for example that the example you gave us about the kid in school do you find that being an ex-player helps you have a bit more pull with the kids and um a bit more rapport with them i definitely mate look i don't want to you know talk myself up or anything but nah, having, do it do it I, Having <laughs> the previous experience I've had, you know, over, over ten years in first grade, and like you, like you mentioned earlier, over two hundred games uh, of NRL games, it definitely does help when I go out to training sessions and, and go out and, and talk to parents and coaching staff and all that. I've been there and done it all, so I, I know, you know, kind of know my shit. If that makes any sense, I, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. We, we've had the education to me at, at, at footy, you know, the, the the healthy eating, the education around social media. Uh, the education around drugs uh, usage, and um, we, we've had we've had it all, mate. Gambling, you know, we've had all the education, all the tools have been given to us. So, you know, like I said, I don't want to talk talk myself up, but we can pass that on. We know what we're talking about. Mm. We've we've sat in seminars and workshops for several hours, mate. We, we know we know our we know our stuff. So um, it definitely definitely does help. Um, and and like I said, it, it's great. I'm glad that I've got all that knowledge fed into me. So now that I can, you know, kind of pass it on to the next generation moving forward, and, and I'm sure it's going to help them. And they'll do the, you know, they'll 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 do the same thing moving forward, which is great. Yeah, awesome. We spoke about the kids that you're helping get through the grades at Parramatta. Can you talk to us about how you got to the grades? How did you start? How did the start of the journey begin for the young Portuguese uh, Spatchcock? <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, it's uh, oh, Western Suburbs Junior Magpie. Grew out, grew up at the southwest, and oh, just just going through the progression stages, the, the mats, the ball. Um, we didn't have flag back then. I, I think I went from ball straight to um, reserve grade, and then mate, a funny story. I was was I was twenty years old or twenty one. I had no no club wanted to sign me. Um, this was after I made my debut at the Tigers. So I made my, oh, wow. debut, my made my debut. What year was that? And then the year nine. So that was two thousand six. I made my debut. Yep. The year uh, after I was twenty one years old. The year after they won it. Yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah, made my debut there. And then, um, as you know, most players sign around that mid year, and 
and I thought something was going to pop up as you do, only being a youngster, but nothing, nothing had come. And I, got, I ended up signing. Actually, I, I ended up working. I wasn't going to play anymore. Just started working. Then, you know, I got a call from what are you doing? a manager who. What are you doing for work? Work, work was oh, I was doing scaffolding. <laughs> yeah, <very laughs> yeah. No oh, comment. Very tough. Yeah, I think no, you could. You, yeah. At least it would have given you a bit of height to look at the world from a, a higher point of view for once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm doing. But anyway, I got a call from the manager. It was probably just um, October, mid-October, saying there's a spot at the Sharks if you want it. It wasn't it wasn't a, a top 30 spot or anything like that. It was, it was, it was pretty low money, and but it was just an opportunity, and that's all I was after. So, you know, luckily I took it and, um, you know, ended up really... I really, I know I was a bit of a Tigers, but I really kicked out of my career at the Sharks. So, um, you know, they they kind of gave me my real first opportunity, and forever grateful I, t- I took it because it's uh, kind of yeah turned me into the person I am now. Really, Benjamin. Growing up, um, <laughs> you know, you do a lot for young guys <laughs> these days. Um, we're ready to go here. Um, obviously, <laughs> um, you're helping a lot of guys. Um, who who was a mentor or someone pivotal to you when you were a junior coming through, and how did they have that influence on you? Oh, well, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I, I think everyone, well, not everyone, but with me, it was definitely my dad. He, he kind of, you know, taught me everything I needed to know Um he, he knows nothing about footy, by the way. He's, he's, he's obviously he's a European, he's got no idea about footy. But just, just he taught me all the things about being a good person, mm. uh, your morals. You know, just, just yeah. Uh, there's not much else I can say really about, about yeah. being a good person, doing all the right things. You work hard, you'll get what you want if you if you really want it and work hard at it. You you know you, you'll achieve what you want to achieve. And um, he was always big on that. Um, so I'll, I was yeah. He he would be the person I would. Uh, definitely be looking up to and then obviously coming through the ranks and all that playing wise um, I had um, you know the likes when I, when I was first at the Sharks I had blokes like Brett Kamali was there Adam Dykes were there and they were great a few yeah. of the senior boys when I was at the club they were great for me um, so we yeah pretty lucky in that kind of aspect as well as the coaches there you know I had Ricky Stewart at the Sharks as well he was, he was really good for me at the time um for the time I was at the Sharks, he was really good for me. So I love so, Stick, love him. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he was he was one who really, like I said, gave me my first crack at, at first grade, mate. So I, I, I'm forever in debt with, to that man. So it's, uh, yeah, it's funny how things work out, but that's that's my little story about it all, mate. Yeah, one of your standout qualities as a player is your 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 toughness. Um, where where did you kind of develop that growing up? Oh, I think oh I don't know if you agree with me, but I think toughness comes a, is a lot to do with the upbringing maybe like you know where I grew up wasn't a real it was kind of a really rough area um, you kind of had to um, oh I don't know the words I'm looking for but yeah you know it's it's a rough area and it mm. kind of made me at the man I am now like I've got three three brothers so there's four of us and we um you know we're all pretty tough in our own kind of um, mindset but it's just I think it's a lot to do with the upbringing and, and where you kind of, um, you know, where you kind of your grassroots are. And, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I've got three brothers. We, we mucked around a lot. I, I never wanted to lose to anything to them, whether we played football in the backyard or whether we were playing a game of marbles. I, I never wanted to lose 
ever. I was a competitive <laughs> I, I think that's that a bit on me as well. I was just thinking about your brothers before you talked about your dad. I know they, your dad didn't know a lot about footy, but your brothers certainly thought they did, and they always would give you some advice. H- how was that? Because I, I grew up in a similar family where my, old, my older brother was always uh, my toughest critic. How did you find having brothers in your corner during your career? Oh, look, <laughs> they were great. Like, they, they were really, like, unfortunately, they were, they, you know, they were shit. They couldn't make it. But um, <laughs> the, the, particularly, particularly my, my oldest one, he was. Uh, Every first grade game I played, he would always send me a text before the game. Um, you know, just good luck, or it could be something small, could be something big. Mm. And I thought that was massive. You know, I, I always looked up to him as well, my, yeah. my, my big brother. You look up to a lot and, of people, though, you know, then, physically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but my, my, my younger one, mate, you know, he was he was really, really good. And then, unfortunately, you know, injury hit. He, he copped an knee recovery when he was 16, never come good. So, um, yeah, mate, it's... Uh, it's funny how things, some things turn out, but yeah, that's a total, a total injury, mate. Yeah. Being a player that had been around to a few clubs, uh, was there any specific club that standed out like as a healthy uh, culture to you? Like being able to experience different teams, different cultures, and um, if there was, what were kind of some of the stuff that, that stood out to you as as healthy and you know life bringing and all that stuff? Oh, good question. Look, I think. Every club I played at is very similar in in the culture that with the football players around. Um, I think with Newcastle, the lifestyle is definitely different. It's a lot more laid back, country town. Uh, people love their footy, right. so that's probably the differences in between Newcastle and the, and the other senior clubs. And then obviously when I went to Parramatta, I was a a lot more senior. Uh, so I played a lot more senior eyes as you know I was, I was a lot older than a lot of the kids there so we had a really good oh, I thought we had a really good culture back then we, you know, myself, Timmy was there we had a few older heads at the club and mm. um, I think it's definitely the cultures around the, the senior players and the leaders kind of drive the culture mm. um, and you know, I was lucky enough to um, be in, at clubs with, with pretty good leaders um, even though you know, when I was at the Sharks, um, you know, in 2012, we had the, the peptide scandal, and then we had, you know, we had good leaders there, um, you know, who just, it is what it is. You can't really change what's happened, but, you know, you just got to try and, and stick together and, and, and move on. And then when I was at the, when I went to Paratimi, as you know, we got our point strip from what happened earlier in the year. So that, that was another, another downfall, but it's just, just your leaders and, and your coaching staff plays a big role in it too. Mm. Um, what the culture they're driving. If you look at the clubs now, well, you look at Melbourne, they've got Craig Bellamy there and they had, you know, Cam Smith and, and Billy and Vancouver, and those kind of guys yeah. who kind of drove that culture and uh, the Roosters with, with Robbo there and, um, you know, they had a lot of, got a lot of senior players there as well. And so, that, yeah, I think it's mainly your leaders and your and your coaching staff who drive your culture, and everyone else will kind of follow. The younger crew, anyway, will kind of follow. Mate, you played under you know, Brett Kamali, who was uh, an Australian half and great leader. You played under Paul Gallon, Australian captain. But I just want to know who was your favourite captain and why was it me? <laughs> I, told you, I, told you not, I told you not to ask him. Oh, no. I know. You, you know what? Let's fast forward. I don't even want to hear your answer. Now, mate, let's, you, you, you bounce around. You're a journeyman. You went to a few different clubs. How, how did you find shifting from club to club? Like, I know um, 
you know, it's like a, putting a kid into a new school, you know, that, that feeling of, I just kind of got my roots in, I've got a, a group of friends here and I'm comfortable in this environment. And then all of a sudden I'm kind of starting from scratch and having to prove myself all over again. How, how did you find the transition, like having to bounce around so much? Yeah, well, when I first, uh, well, when I first went from the Tigers to the Sharks, it wasn't a big move. I was still living at home, so the home was was fine. Obviously, going to a new team, you meet new teammates, and you know, you, you, you it's pretty easy for for us, or when I say us football players, to kind of bond relationships and 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 you know, just you know, get on quite easily. And then obviously when I moved from the Sharks to Newcastle, that, that was that was different for me. First time I moved out of home, I didn't even know how to boil bloody water. I didn't know how to do anything. <laughs> um, I had mum coming up nearly every weekend, which was great. She used yeah, to bring the Woolworths imagine. truck with her, which was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it, it hurt me. It hurt me for a while. I reckon it hurt me for about three, four months. I was just trying to learn. I didn't even know how to use a washing machine. So <laughs> that, that hurt me. Um, but you know, as as you do, it's probably the best thing for me. Uh, I grew up a lot in that short amount of space of time. I grew up a lot, and then, like like I said, with the, with the players, you just bond relationships and build friendships quite easily in that aspect of things. And then going from Newcastle back to Cronulla was wasn't that hard. I, mean, I kind of knew Cronulla from my earlier days. Obviously, the coaching staff had changed a bit, new players and all that. But that's it. Never really worried me, mate. I, I'm, well, as, you, as you know, Tim, well, I, I hope you think of me as a pretty good person, mate. I, I, mm. I'll get on with everyone pretty easily and I'll find it uh, easier to get on with um, different sorts of um, characters, individuals or different personalities. I'll get on with everyone, mate. It doesn't doesn't faze me. So um, it, it's very easy for me to, to adjust to a team and then obviously going, going to Para, my last club, was, you know, one of the best things I, I did was, was go there because I got... You know, got to meet you, Timmy. I know I played against you a fair bit and I hurt you a lot of times <laughs> to play with you, mate. So, yeah. yeah. Um, mate, I, it, it, I, I loved it, mate. It's a bit of a roller coaster, but I, I absolutely love moving around from club to club and I was fortunate enough to, to have the opportunity to do so. And, um, yeah, I wouldn't take it back for anything. Yeah, I remember being so excited, you know, the year we signed you. And it was, it's weird. Like, as soon as you, you came to the team, it took one coffee and I felt like you'd been part <laughs> of our squad for, like, the last four or five years. You just fit in straight away. And I'm sure you would have been like that everywhere you went. You you got that personality that, and you kind of touched on it. But it doesn't matter what the group is or who's in there, you can kind of uh, get along with everyone pretty quickly. Um, I don't want to. I'm really cautious because I don't want to pump your tires up too much. And I, you know how much I hate doing that to you. <laughs> but I got to play with a lot of hookers in my career, and um, you know a lot, a lot stand out. I got some really good mates at the hookers. Uh, you know, Kaiser Pritchard is always everyone's favourite as a personality. But as a player, I was only saying this a couple of weeks ago. What you what you did on the field is not many people that that do that. You were the most selfless player I played in the middle with. It's, for those listening at home that don't know much about rugby league, or those that do, playing hooker or front row is probably the toughest position in terms of you're in, you're in a washing machine. It's continually tough. You're always fatigued. Everyone's just looking for a gasp of air. Everyone's trying to look for a way to get some uh, time and recover. And it's only a small thing, but when you make a tackle, usually you're, there's there's three in a tackle or two in a tackle. From the three, one will have to work really hard and run back to the defensive line, and that's probably the toughest part. And then the two left back, one will chase, you know, where the, where the ball's going, and the other one will kind of have a rest. And you, without doubt, every single time would take the most selfless option. It was almost like, even though you played eighty minutes and you were the one that probably deserved the break more than anyone, you'd always send yourself to the like, to where the action was, and. You know, that, that's something rare that you don't see anymore because 
the, in, in the more professional sport gets, the more people are trying to look after themselves, their stats, their numbers, try to get the break where they can. But you, for some reason, I don't know, and it goes hand in hand with the personality that you are off the field, but you always look for a chance to, uh, to help people around you. And um, that's a huge asset. I'm really grateful that I got to play alongside you for many reasons, but that's one of the reasons I was, uh, my lungs were happy to play alongside you as well. Mate, thanks for that, mate. It's, it's, uh, thanks for the feedback. Really, really appreciate that. Um, mate, look, the way the way I look at it is, I, I'm not an individual. I, I always try and put the team first, and you know, I, I'm one of those people where if someone asks me a question, you, if you have a blinder but your team loses, are you happy? No. If if I played crap and the team wins, yes, I'm happy. Obviously, not happy with my performance, but I'm happy. I'm more a team player, and you know, whatever I can do to help the team win, I'm. I'm like I said, when we were playing to me, I was do you reckon that's, a little bit pleased. Do you reckon that's a trait that's not a, like, I'm the same as you, you know, like, I, I don't care how good I played, if we lost, it's a bad weekend. Um, I feel like there's, I don't know, I don't know, I could be getting old and grumpy, but there's a new generation coming through. I feel, could get beat by 40 or 50, um, but they're having a great weekend anyway. Is, do you feel there's a bit of that, like, with the, the younger generation? Oh, look, yeah, I don't know, a lot's changed since, um, maybe not so much when you retire, but I lost change since I've retired. Like I, I think that sometimes, not 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 everyone, but with players, it's it's more like you said, more of more of a numbers game. Some I hate to say, it, but sometimes I think that it's more of a numbers game, which is disappointing. You know, if you're part of a, a part of a team, you want to do well regardless of your individual performance mm. um, or whether you're playing or not. You know, if you're not playing. Do you still want that team to, to perform, to, to go well? Yeah. Is, is, there's a question mark on, or there could be a question mark on certain players, whether they get missed out of the team for uh, form or whatever it may be. Yeah. Do they want the team still to, to perform well? I mean, I was always one of those players where, yeah, I always wanted my team to go well. Yeah. They pay me. They look after me. They give me all the, um, everything I need off the field. So why wouldn't I, I want them? Yeah. So that's the type of person. We both were, mate. I know that, but yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's quite sad to hear uh, that some players aren't like that, but it's you know they'll they'll soon get fouled out, mate. Yeah, well, you know what? You're starting a new generation. You're mentoring them. They're going to be little goosies running around the NRL soon, so they'll be back, mate. Um, the, on the spirit of sport, we uh, we just take a deeper dive. So I know that every single person, whether you're an athlete or not, every person in life has got a journey. Everyone's gone through something that's been you know challenging or, or a, a Tough spot of their life. I want to take you back to a game we played in Alice Springs. Um, oh, I can't remember the years, but it was about four or five years ago now. And I remember at, at the end of the game, you telling me that you, you're feeling really dizzy and you, you didn't feel right. There was a trial game before the season started. So we've just done all the hard work. We've had a really big off season. We've worked really hard in our bodies. And our first trial game for the year, um, you just you just, you just just didn't feel right. Can you kind of give us give the listeners at home um, a bit of a glimpse of what was going through your head at that time. Yeah, mate. Look, it was. Um, yeah, I remember it quite well. It was obviously we played the trial, and I went in for a tackle. And mate, it, 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 I think I was. I'm pretty sure I was just third man in, so it wasn't a heavy collision. And I, and I came, came out of it a bit dusty, and uh, I just played on it as as I did, uh, pretty much nearly every time. And then again, I went into another tackle, but it, the collision wasn't wasn't big at all. I think it was only about five minutes till the game was over, so I, I continued to play on until the game had, had finished. And 
I, I just just didn't feel good. Uh, I was dizzy, nauseous, and uh, yeah, just just didn't feel right. You know, you know when something's off, and and um, you know I spoke to to the doc at the time, and uh, he just said, you know, take it easy, no training, and just recover and rest. And um, yeah, I, I I just couldn't recover from it pretty pretty much, mate. Long, long story short, it it was. Um, yeah, it, it was hard because I, I, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if I was going to get better or, um, you know, I, I uh, got sent to different clinics. You know, even 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 went to uh, Melbourne to see a, a neurologist over there. And uh, you just, you know, so many scans and so many different different doctors' opinions and, and whatnot and, the the scariest thing was, mate. They they just couldn't give you an answer because it was your it was your brain, and uh, no one no one knew what was going on. And one one doctor did have the balls to kind of say to me that you you know the vestibular part of your brain's quite banged up, and if you don't if you don't stop playing, mate, you could get permanent brain damage. So that was uh, the most scariest conversation I've had in a long time, and. Yeah, it, that, that's 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 pretty much it in a nutshell. It was it was pretty scary, but um, the writing was was on the wall. How long was uh, it? Pretty of, much from of there. you from that game to um, seeing the different doctors. How long how long did it take to get that that doctor to give you that report? Oh, it was it was a very long process, mate. I I, I was um, so at the time, obviously, I was still contracted and, and I was going to training, and I couldn't. Every time I tried to do something, it could just be weights. I just wouldn't feel right. I, yeah. Like I said, I'd get dizzy or nauseous and want to throw up, or just just didn't feel right. It, it took me. It, it, I think it was all in all about five and a half to six months to to make that call, and yeah. and then um, and then I did see the doc again and and got several scans, and he said, "Mate, the good news is you, you know you you you've stuff. Part of your brain's gone. Swelling's gone down." And, Everything's all good, and um, and I said, okay, but what what if what if I cop another knock, or is it going to take me a week, or is it going to take me another six months to recover? And he said, well, can't give you the answer to that, mate. You could you could have permanent brain damage the way the way you've you've been going. So um, it was, but by then I was kind of prepared for it. Yeah. Earlier on, it, it kind of was the was the hardest. It was the unknown earlier on. You know, three four weeks into it. Um, you know, it was a very, a very difficult time um, going through. Like my wife put us through hell. The kids, it wasn't a good mate, but I had, um, you know, good people around me, good family, so they stuck by me and you know, come through the other end, which was good. So, but yeah, mate, scary times and yeah, very scary and just the unknown more than anything was the thing that scared the shit out of me because I didn't know if I was going to get better. But uh, luckily, it all is good now and. But the scary thing is, mate, this doctor still don't know. 10, 20 years' time from yeah. now, they still don't know, or they can't give you an answer on what's going to happen. So it's, um, but, you know, I'm not going to worry about what's going to happen in 20 years' time. I'm going to live life now. And, yeah. How, how did you go? How did you go emotionally? Like, obviously, now, these days, everyone's aware of the risks involved with concussion and, and head knocks. Uh, but when you were going through it, it was kind of still early days. Like, you, there weren't many people, you know, knew, that knew how bad it was. There wasn't many people that were um, aware of the dangers. So, you know, I'm sure you would have felt people feeling that, you know, oh, it's only a head knock. You're all right. You can get over with it. How did you cope with like, um, you know, having to deal with 
you know, the judgment that you might have felt and I guess, you know, the emotions you felt at the time as well, not getting to play, you know, the sport you love playing. Yeah, like, it was difficult because, like you said, at the time when we were playing, um, there was no HIA protocols. There was no, there was just no education around head knocks. That like, they just, they just, like you said, they just thought it was part of the game. You, you got concussed or you got knocked out. Trainer comes on, sprays your face with a bottle of water. You like yeah. to go and, and, and as yeah. a player, as you know, Timmy, you don't want to let your team down. You don't want to let your coach down. You you want to keep playing. You don't want to come off the yeah. field. No, you you want to, you want to continue to play, and, and that's what I did. And yeah. you know, you just continue to play on. Um, but obviously now that with all the the research and uh, the knowledge they have now, that, that it is a significant or can can be, you know significantly bad for players who cop concussions in, you know, in their future life. So the HIA protocols are in, which is great. Take the power out of the player, which is the best thing they ever did. You take the power out of the yeah, player. You don't yeah. tell the player how you feel. You just take him off the field. Cause players are always going to tell you, I'm sweet. Yeah. You know? so, well, um, even when the HIA the first came out, that was everyone's reaction. You know, Everyone felt like, I just have to tell the trainer I'm sweet so they don't come off. Um, it makes you think how many times, like I don't know the first half of my career, and it was probably most of your, or probably all your career, concussion was just, wasn't considered an injury. Concussion was something, you, I still remember, you know, you get the hit in the head, you see white, and you kind of come to, and you kind of remember, okay, oh, yep, I'm here, I'm playing at Penrith Stadium, and then you just get on with it. Um, and you just did that over and over again. It happened so much throughout your career. And now, it's, um, now you're seeing how much attention it's getting and how much we're looking after them. It makes you think, gee, we probably didn't look after ourselves too well throughout our career, eh? No, we, we didn't, mate. <laughs> it, was, it was the way the game was. It was unfortunate. It was just, like I said, the game didn't have education around, around head knocks, which I, I don't know if, if it's something they could have done better earlier. Uh, but it's, look, you can't change what's happened in the yeah, past. Yeah. It just, I, I think moving forward, it's great. Not, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's good to see you see people like Jake Friend and, and your Boyd Cordoners retiring Back when we were playing, if we did that, would be called considered as soft. Whereas yeah. now you, now they're considered as, um, were in my opinion, it's a brave man. It takes a brave man to make the decision to, mm. to 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 give the game away because you're putting your health first. That's that's a brave, it takes a brave man to do that. But as back when we were playing, Timmy, if we you get knocked out and you come off and you don't get back on, then you're considered fuck. You really you just got the head knock. You can't go back out there. Like, yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I was why the game's the... grown. Yeah. That's why I was making the point about you because when you re- retired, it was like I said, it wasn't something that happened. Like now, Boyd Corden and Jake Ben can do it, and everyone's saying how brave it is because we know the seriousness of it. But you were going through a bit of a stage and a bit of an era where it was you were kind of a bit of a, a pioneer or a trailblazer and that it wasn't happening much. So I'm sure you'd have felt judgment. I'm sure you'd have felt someone saying, Oh, you should be all right. You know, surely you've been out for this many weeks. Surely you can come back. That's That would for me would have been the most challenging part for you was not so much what you're feeling physically, it was more the. Uh, people not understanding the education, understanding you know, how tough it must have been for you to know what you're going through, and people not to understand that as well. Yeah, mate, it definitely was. You know, people, people, unless you play the sport at at the level we play it, people don't understand it. You know, they don't understand how difficult it is off the field. You know, we're human beings as well. You know, we got all emotions. We got families at home, and and now I like I give credit to 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 my wife and my parents who stuck by me um, and who, you know, they, they were pretty much a big reason why I retired as well. You know, they, 
mm. they, like I said, I, I can't speak highly enough, and, and I don't want to get too much into it because I'll get quite emotional speaking about it. But you know, when I when I retired because of concussion, I think I think it's fair to say that I was one of the first to do so um, without the education around you know head knocks or whatnot. And I'm just glad now that the NRL has picked up on um, you know they've advanced their protocols and procedures with HIA with head knocks and taking like I said taking the power out of the players the best thing they ever did. They'll only get better moving forward, you know, with all the protocols um, going, what you have to do to get back on the field and all the head knocks and you know, all the um, doctors you need to see and, and, and little tests that you've got to pass. They'll only get better moving forward, which is great for the game moving forward. So, it's, uh, you know, in, in, uh, like everything, mate, things things get better with the more with the more um, time goes on, with the more knowledge they get given. So, yeah, moving forward, we're, yeah. we're in good hands. Well, speaking of moving forward, you talked about your time with the Magpies as a kid. I'm going to make sure I find an old photo I've got on my phone somewhere of you and your Magpies with your headgear. Um, I know you've had a few knocks to the head, but you were no oil painting as a youngster either, mate. Now, it's the time of the show, Goisy, that we get to do. <laughs> it's everyone's favourite time of the show. It's it all our listeners tune in just for this part of the show. Yeah, there's a spike in the audience. It's 60-second blitz. That's right. With blitz. Now... Now, um, Goisy, I'm just going to throw for 60 seconds just a bunch of different questions at you, and you just got to answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you okay with that? Oh, okay, yeah, let's go. Can you swear? I don't know. Let's go. I'm ready. (laughs) You can do whatever you want, mate. (laughs) We accept you the way you are. All right, we'll start with some easy ones. Like favourite food? Uh, Cake. (laughs) What kind of cake? Chocolate. You got to get chocolate. Timmy loves a good cake, too. Oh, yeah. Chocolate cake with ice cream. Chocolate. Mix yeah, it with ice cream. Go, man. Yeah, calm down. Simple, simple, <laughs> yet most effective dessert on the country, in back, the country. Back to me. Okay, uh, favorite, favorite movie? <laughs> favorite movie, gone in 60 seconds. Oh, if you could meet someone, who would you meet? Anyone. I hope my wife isn't Taylor Swift. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, yeah, nice. We're not laughing at you. Something you just like happened it? to you. Oh, I, I like that. I um, should be on my list as well somewhere. Uh, we all love a good bit of Tay-Tay. Now listen. All right, yeah. um, best investment you ever made? Jeez, oh, best investment I ever made. I'll well, pass on that one. Uh, 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 worst investment then? Oh, jeez. Um, Cars. Okay, now are you a best fan? Best investment, maybe Renee. But anyway. Oh, hello. Um, are boat. you are you a fan <laughs> of date nights with your wife? Oh, I do like a date night. Yeah, yeah. yeah now, I try. We try and make the time. Yeah. Now, what what would happen on your favourite date night? Oh, favourite. Look, favourite PG at too. At the moment, with, with what we've got. It it just be nice, you know. We 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 both like stage shows. We, we, we love stage shows. Wait a hold the phone, <laughs> cut it, time <laughs> out. Wait a second, Blitz. Sorry, I'm going to cut you sixty yeah, seconds. Yeah, sorry. How have I known you <laughs> all these years? The man who has zero emotion. The man who loves the Broadway. Uh, he, Broadway. Where on earth did this come from? How, is, is this something that's new, or has it always been there? Oh, I love it. musicals too, like stage life musicals. You can't, you just can't go wrong with those, Timmy. No, They're just great. Are I'm, you a stage show man, Timmy? No. No, well, I am. <laughs> He's not, not. Not like religiously. <laughs> like I don't mind one on the odd occasion, maybe once, you know, bi annually or uh, sorry, every two years, maybe not twice a year. 
Uh, but <laughs> but I just would never have picked you for a stage show, man. That's, that's interesting. Continue. Sorry, yeah, guys. No. Please. Okay. Continue. So, yeah. So, your favorite date night, you go out on a, yeah, you go see a stage show, maybe Wicked or something Hairspray fun. or something yeah, nice yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, and then that's it. fun, mate. We like to keep it fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, what was something you, you, that always irritated your parents about you? Um, my, my long hair, I had, as Timmy know, I had long hair and it, it just pissed my parents off because they're like, why don't you cut your hair? It was always in my eyes or yeah, that always irritated the sh- especially my dad. Jeez, he pissed him off. But, um, yeah, that's my hair. What well, do you have like a weird or peculiar habit that, that no one would know? Oh, no, I don't, I don't think I do. I'm pretty, pretty normal in all, all that. I wouldn't say yeah, normal. I'm but... not a weird person. No, <laughs> what, what, what do you got Timmy for me? Like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying you have weird habits. Timmy does wouldn't... something weird. He always puts the left foot in his pants first. Is that what you were saying? No, no, no. So when you I dress... got ready for games, I put yeah. my left sock and shoe on first. Yeah. Yeah. He always does that. Did you do anything like that? Oh, so yeah, he was talking about a bit of, um, yeah. Oh, look, well, I didn't do anything superstitious. Yeah, I didn't do anything that superstitious, but I... I was one of those guys who always had a routine. I always try and kind of try and stuck by it, but that wasn't anything weird like what Timmy's got. Left. <laughs> I didn't even realize you did that, Timmy. You bloody did it make you play any better? I don't think it did. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Last but not least, what's what's next for Isaac Goyce? Well, we know what we're doing next. Oh, where, where are you in five years? Oh, okay. Well, look, as you know, Timmy, I'm building a house at the moment, so I can't wait to move back into that. Yes. Um, but in the next five years, look, I, I just hope that I'm I'm doing something that I love, which I am at the moment, but whether or not I'm doing the same thing or not, I, I don't know. And just, you know, just be a, being a, a good, you know, I don't know, good health, next five years, travel Europe, possibly with, with the great Tim Manor and his family. would be oh. nice, stuff like that. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, you know, that'd be That'd be good, He's mate. Yeah, a bit of travel, on. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully things are back to normal. We could do a bit of travel and and just just live life to the fullest. Because as you, as we all know, it's it's very short. So um, just live life to the fullest and. and I'm not going to say short sure, joke. Happy, happy man. I'm not going to say short joke. Hey. I'm not going to say short joke. I'm not going to do it. You're not going to say short joke. Life no, is no, short no, though, sure, and so yeah. are you. Oh, thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Goisy. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on yes, uh, the Spirit you. of Sport. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing some of your, your you know, obviously um, some thoughts that um, you know you probably don't speak about too often. So we, you know, we're very honoured that you shared that with us. Yeah. Uh, I love you. I can't wait to see you again for a, a coffee soon, mate. Uh, all the best, and we'll chat soon, brother. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man. Thanks, Timmy. Enjoy the rest of the day. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only. Uh, Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it.